Afed heads, welcome back to another episode of Sharing Our Pairings. We're live on Facebook, uh, broadcast around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network, and of course available on your favorite podcast catcher or on the YouTubes. Uh, if you're watching along live on Facebook, we encourage you to drop us a comment, ask us some questions, let us know what you're smoking, let us know what you're drinking, because um, that's what we do here on Sharing Our Pairings. I'm your host, Trip, here with my co-host, Dennis. Dennis, how you doing, brother? What up, Trippy? Not too bad. Doing well. Good. Uh, so we're smoking a a cigar from my father. Uh, this isn't their latest release, but it is a cigar that we're actually smoking a new size that launched about a year ago, last March. Um, so this is the My Father, the Judge. See if I can cover my face and make the camera think I'm not here. Um, I really like the band on this. Like, um, My Father's funny because back when they were just... Uh, El Rey de los Havanos, Don Papin, um, their bands were terrible. Uh, they were constantly like tweaking them. Like I remember the original Blue Labels; they just had the single yeah. band, <laughs> and it was like this weird bright purple color because they they didn't get it. It seemed like they didn't get any samples when they got it. They just said use this color, and then the color turned out a little different than they were expecting. Um, but it went through like a bunch of changes and. Uh, it changed manufacturer a couple times. You could tell because like the uh, the the kind of gold leaf changed to matte and back and forth. It was very strange, and their bands just weren't that great. Then when they switched to my father, they got this like huge, beautiful gold band, and I think they do a really good job of um, making the secondary bands yeah. uh, work well with it. Um, some of them are kind of the opposite of this. You see this little. Like indentation here. I know the Connecticut is kind of flipped, so it fits it. It lines up with the top band, the main band. Um, but I kind of like the the dark brown color they went with for this one. But anyway, enough talking about nerding out about the bands. Um, so this is my father, the judge. It launched at near the end of 2016, and then in March of 2017, uh, a new size came out. Originally, it came in five by sixty and six by fifty six. Uh, which I believe they just called a 560 and a 656. I don't think they actually even had names. Uh, and then in March of last year, this Toro Fino came out, which is a uh, more reasonable 6x52. Um, I would really like to try this blend in a smaller size, but I think, I mean, with the name of the judge, they want it to, yeah. uh, to it's be, be beefy, right? imposing. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll talk about the blend a little bit. For, actually, first the MSRP. This is the cheapest of the line. Uh, this Torofino at uh, eleven seventy, I think, is the MSRP, um, which means a box comes in. Uh, their box is a twenty four instead of twenty three, like the other two sizes, uh, which brings it at about two seventy for a box. Um, and then talking about the blend, the wrapper is Ecuadorian Sumatra. Uh, it's actually got a double binder, which I didn't know. I was just looking at the the stats that I copy and pasted here uh the binders are nicaragua nicaraguan criollo and nicaraguan corojo and then yeah all right Corojo. uh and then the filler is nicaraguan and according to half wheel it's la bonita 2 el pedrero and san rafael uh i'm guessing those are strains that are uh proprietary for my father but i'm not really sure Mm. so um at some point, I'll have to do a little bit of more research there. And, of course, we're not here just to 
smoke cigars. We're here to pair. Um, so I've, I have smoked this cigar before, like we were talking about, but I, it's been a while. I think I smoked it when it first came out, uh, early 2017, late 2016. So I wasn't really sure what to expect. So I went all over the place with my pairings here. Um, most of which, uh, there's one thing that I've had out of the three. So we'll get into that in a moment. As far as the cigar, um, what kind of flavors are you getting? I think it's it's surprisingly spicy, um, at least spicier than I remember. I, I guess I can't say surprisingly spicy since it's my father. And everything they make is quite spicy. Um, but it's like, I don't know, it's got a different flavor that I'm I'm not putting my finger on. What do you think? Dennis. So the spice actually caught me a little bit off guard. I didn't kind of, I didn't really didn't expect it. But the thing that really stands out for me, just starting off the cigar, the first couple of minutes of it going, it really has this, I guess, like you said, you can't really put your finger on it. It's almost like an oak. I want to say yeah. oak, but I know it's it's probably not. It's it's something else. It's similar to oak. Yeah, it's like a cedary oaky kind of woodiness. Yeah. Um, then there's a little bit of peanut kind of almond like a dry almond peanut kind of flavor um and the spice i think is more of a red pepper spice which i don't usually get or at least i don't usually get from uh from my father sticks yeah it's a it's a lingering spice definitely not what you would expect normally usually you get a black pepper it hits you you get a white pepper it's pretty quick this is that nice lingering spice and it's not overpowering yeah i like it sorry i'm just i'm just posting that we're live letting everybody out there know um so I'm going to I'm going to start talking about my pairings here. So the first one is a pairing that I really was not sure about. Uh, I saw this at the grocery store and uh, we have a lot of options for beer uh, at the grocery stores around here because it's and actually that's something that I'll talk about in a minute. But the craft beer culture here is uh, it's here to stay. It's it's been here for a long time, like the the craft beer revolution of the 80s kind of uh didn't really start here but it really took hold and so the craft beer scene here has been growing steadily for over 20 years so our uh grocery stores you can get like i don't know a couple hundred different beers at just a random grocery store um it's not like a lot of grocery stores where uh in a lot of part of the countries where you have a couple of local things but it's mostly budweiser and stuff like um I would say in the in the grocery store that I frequent that's right down the street from me, my kind of local grocery store, they've got a 60 foot shelf of all craft beer or what they consider craft beer. So some of it is the stuff that is put out by the bigger companies as a craft label. Um, But then for the macro brews, they've only got like a 30 foot section on the other side of the aisle. So it's like an entire aisle of craft beer uh, and then two thirds of an aisle. Uh, of the macro brew stuff so the selection is pretty varied um and i i it's pretty easy to find something new but i noticed that there was a new thing popping up which was session meads and i know you'd heard of this um but i have this is the first time i've ever seen a session mead uh and maybe the first time i've ever even seen a mead in a grocery store uh this is from a is it called a meadery called nectar creek that's a uh, really nice label. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I, the, the label kind of grabbed me a little bit. I have to admit. It um, is pretty cool. So this is called Waggle, uh, and it is their wildflower session mead. So to talk a little bit about Nectar Creek, they were founded by two brothers named Philip and Nick Lorenz uh, in Corvallis, Oregon, in 2012, 
And it kind of started from a combination of three things, which I find really interesting. One was the the main part basically is that they grew up in Oregon. So they grew up with craft beer all around, um, kind of uh, part of the culture. And then they had always wanted to open a business together, like a, a joint venture kind of business. And then they, one of them, Philip, he had worked on a large scale bee farm for like a decade. And somehow they came up with the idea of making mead, uh, making it all lower alcohol, which means under or session mead, which is under 10%, I think, or 12, um, and usually carbonated, apparently. So all of these are carbonated. They're kind of, you kind of serve them like beer, I guess. Um, but they certainly don't look like beer. I mean, it's like almost clear. It's got like a pale pinkish hue, kind of a, it kind of reminds me of that, uh, that orange or the apple juice that you get for kids on New Year's Eve, the sparkling cider. Remind the color reminds me a little a little bit of that. It's kind of got a pinkish, yellowish, golden hue. Um, so I'm gonna take a couple sips of this and see see what I think about it, uh, and let you talk about your first pairing. Man, in you know, in, in proper style, I couldn't just from Carden in New Jersey, Carden Brewing Company, in New Jersey. I'm sorry. Uh, Their kind of annual. Yeah. Start over because I lost you for a second there, and so oh, I heard. Did it. I heard like uh, in usual fashion, and then it was just gone. Oh, I crapped out. Okay. Yeah. So, in usual fashion, I had to get something ridiculous. I couldn't get something basic, right? So, uh, Carden Brewing Company in New Jersey does an annual release, or I think it maybe they do it a couple of times a year, but they they release they take their regular imperial they call it regular coffee. It's an imperial coffee cream ale, and they do a variation on it. And this is one of the variations I've never had before, which is really cool. Comes in at twelve percent, so it's pretty hot and heavy for you know cream ale. Yeah, yeah, that's but it's a hot unique. Cream ale. It's pretty unique. It's called Cafe and Kuchen, and twelve uh, percent, man, is it's a lot. But I have to say, you really can't taste it. It's really smooth. It's really clean. The difference with this particularly is it's got sweet cherries and it's got marzipan, so it has a really kind of subtle. Uh, it's not like overpowering cherries. You still get the coffee, but you have this really nice. Imagine if you had like mm-hmm. a, um, a marzipan candy, just like a piece of marzipan with some, you know, like a cherry filling. It's kind of yeah. like that. Really subtle. Is uh, awesome. Cafe and Kuchen, is that uh, coffee and cookie? Is that Kuchen, what Kuchen is? I, Kuchen, I, I, I'm, hmm. actually, it's a good question because I always I thought German, Kuchen was. But it's been about 15 years. To cook, like cooking or kitchen. I always thought that's what it was, but maybe one of the viewers can correct me. Um, uh, cake. It means cake. Oh, cake. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that makes sense. Marzipan, cherries. Awesome. Uh, yeah, dude, it's it's a phenomenal beer. Like a really, you would never think cream ale, and then you make it imperial, and then you add a bunch of stuff to it, like coffee. It's all this wild stuff, and it fits just beautifully together. I mean, Carton is, uh, they're like the acid of beer. Meaning that they do, they put flavors into beer that shouldn't work, um, and sometimes they're disastrous. But sometimes they work so well, and they take these weird concepts. Maybe acid's not the right one, but I can't think of a, a yeah. company that goes better. Um, but they're doing things that uh, most people think shouldn't even be done with coffee. And I lost Dennis's video, but uh, that's all right. Um, so I'm going to talk about my my session mead here a little bit. Uh, so I did forget to mention they use a hundred percent raw honey 
sourced from local sustainable beekeepers. Uh, and I mean, the ingredients in this are basically water and honey. Um, and then sulfites, I think it said, uh, yes, sulfites, um, which I'm not sure what those are exactly for, but maybe some flavoring. Um, they say that it has a complex essence of Oregon wildflower, wildflower honey, uh, with flavors and aromas of ripe fruit and fresh honeycomb. Um, but for me, I get a little bit of that honey flavor, but it's really, um, it's just really mild, really light, um. I, I could see enjoying this on a summer day, but I, I, I think this is completely a, a terrible pairing to go along with a cigar, unfortunately. Um, it looks like, I hope Dennis isn't gone forever, um, but we'll see if he comes back. In the meantime, I'm going to try to relight my cigar and talk about my second pairing here. Uh, so my second pairing is Havana Club 7. Um, if you watch the show... Very many times, you know that I kind of like this. Uh, I, I really like this particular expression from Havana Club. I think that it's the entry level of their their good rum. Uh, the three year is not is not worth getting if you're doing anything but mixing. I don't think. Um, but this one is kind of an entry level, surprisingly cheap. I think uh, you, I usually get it for about $17 in a duty-free shop. Um, and yes, you are allowed to bring it back to the U.S. now. I believe you're limited to one or two bottles. Um, I think it's two liters. It might be one. But I, I usually just pick up one or two, and I've never had a problem. Sorry, making sure my cigar doesn't go out again here. Um, so, of course, Havana Club 7 is aged seven years. Um, <clears throat> it is made from... Uh, I'm trying to remember. John taught me the old uh, sugarcane versus molasses, industrial versus agricultural rum. And I, I believe this is an industrial rum, um, but I don't exactly remember. So sorry about that. I should have taken better notes the last time John talked about it. So I'm going to take a couple sips of it here. Hopefully Dennis is going to come back online. If he's not on, by the time I'm done talking about this, we'll, uh, we'll take a little break and see if we can get him back. So something that I immediately noticed on the nose is there's a lot of, there's a slight uh, sort of almost iodine-y, like a, like a scotch, kind of chemically. Um, I know that sounds bad, but it's not as bad as it sounds. It's actually something that you learn to appreciate a little bit. Uh, but there's a lot of green apple on the nose here and uh, some definite like baking spices and on the palate, it's mostly sweetness, a little bit of that signature bitterness that I get from the Cuban rums. Um, and so far, I think it's going really well with the cigar. I'm going to take a little break here. We're going to take a break for one of our sponsors. I'm going to see if I can get in touch with Dennis. Um, so if we don't come right back, I'm just working on getting Dennis back, and we'll be back in a few moments. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage, featuring a Rosado, Ecuador, and Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaraguan, available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. here awesome. all right we're back we got that uh it seems like he had some uh you know technical difficulties there uh which happens to us constantly it's a glitch uh, in the matrix the glitch in the matrix yeah that's the world of uh doing a show on the internet so i'm gonna take a couple sips of my havana club because i've been working on getting dennis back instead of drinking like i should be 
Um, so Dennis, why don't you talk about your second pairing? And yeah, man, my second pairing is actually really, really subdued compared to my first. It's uh, I specifically did this so that I can have something to clean the palate a little bit. Uh, also a card in beer. This one is called This Town, and it's a lager. Compared to the 12%, this 4.9 is is uh, it's a refreshing to say the least. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. It's nice and clear. It's easy drinking. It's not in your face. Um, this is one of those everyday beers. If you came home and if you're like a, a Budweiser guy or a Bud Light guy, just want a really easy light beer to drink, this is it. Just, if you're a Budweiser guy that just wants a beer yeah. that costs four times what <laughs> well, you're used least, to spend. Yeah, probably four times as much. But you know what? Quality ingredients, though, I have to say. And, and yeah. these guys... It does make a difference. When it comes to... Absolutely. And when it comes to ingredients... And when it, especially when it comes to Cardin in general, they put a lot of thought and they put a lot of work into all the beers that they make. So, like, being somebody that drinks a lot of crazy beers in, in general, being a hop head, for me to go in there and to pick up a beer that not that hoppy, not too much alcohol, pretty simple flavor profile-wise, it speaks volumes about the quality of the beer and the brewery. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so I'm finding the Havana Club goes up actually really well with this cigar. It it's interesting that I'm getting more baking spice from both, like uh, cinnamon, allspice, anise kind of flavors. Um, there's a there's actually now that now that I pointed it out, I'm I'm noticing in my head in retrospect, there's a lot of anise in the in the Havana Club. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying before, while you weren't here, it's got kind of a uh, almost varnishy on the nose, but a ton of green apple, which I've never noticed before. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so I'm wondering if the the relatively low amount of sweetness in the cigar is kind of bringing out a little bit more sweetness in the it, on the nose of the Havana Club, because um, I don't think I've ever gotten that from Havana Club before. How's the uh, this town going with the with the my father? It's really nice. It's nice and smooth. It fits. It's a perfect match. Um, the cigar. I mean, obviously the cigar is, is pretty. pretty the nice thing is. Beer is not taking away from that. Yeah. This is. I think this beer would fit with just about any cigar, to be honest. Um, now I'm. I'm just ending the first third here, kind of um, getting to the the secondary band. Uh, tell me, are you noticing? Is it getting spicier for you? It is. I was just gonna say. Yeah. I'm noticing the spice ramping up, which is um, maybe that's what was surprising to me is that it was. At the beginning, it had a, a very intense spice, but it was kind of pointed, um, meaning it, it kind of only hits you one spot on your palate, kind of on the sides of your tongue and the tip. And I'm finding now uh, that it's less of that red pepper spice that I was getting before and a lot of uh, like heavy, heavy black pepper punch in the mouth with black pepper. Yeah, the, the black pepper is really pronounced now. It's not the same level of spice, like you said. It's not lingering. It's very quick, punchy, and a lot of those woody flavors are still popping out. Yeah, and it's a very um, dry cigar in the sense that a like a whiskey yes. is dry, where there's, like I was saying before, there's really not much sweetness to be found in this cigar. There's a little bit, but it's um, this isn't one of those kind of chocolate bar sweetness kind of Oh, no, uh, definitely, cigars. definitely not. There's definitely some dry cocoa, but... There's almost no sweetness. I gotta take another sip of that Havana Club because I think so far this is the best pairing. Um, the uh, the waggle didn't didn't, oh, no. uh, didn't waggle my tail too much. It was all right. <laughs> um, oh, I think you missed that because because you got disconnected for a minute. Um, it's just completely overpowered by the cigar. Uh, I feel like if it was sweeter, 
if it was more intense, if it had more complexity, it would be a good match for the cigar. Um, but the waggle is just kind of, it tastes like something that, it tastes like something that I could just drink two bottles of in a night um, when I'm like out on the deck and it's really hot by the fire. Like when you're trying to stay hydrated and uh, drink at the same time. Uh, and Dennis, do you have a little emergency? Do you have to run away I, from uh, it? Just, just for about 45 seconds. Because, All of right. course, I, uh, I left the door locked. Unfortunately, my girlfriend's locked out of the house. Uh, that happens. I'm going to talk more about uh, I'm gonna talk more about the waggle because I do find it in- interesting. Um, so you run away for a minute. Yeah. I'll be here. I'll hold the fort down. Um, yeah, it's interesting because it's got, like, a little bit of sweetness and a little floral. But it's just so light and uh, it's just lacking intensity that you need to go along with a cigar. Um, I think that... Uh, I've had meads that go well with a cigar before. I don't think this is one that would ever go with any cigar, uh, which that might be the first time I've actually felt that way about anything I've had on the show. Um, the Havana Club 7, on the other hand, um, man, the the spice in the judge really brings out like some layered sweetness. It's like there's definitely that green apple that I was talking about before. There's a little bit of peach sweetness um, and then kind of like a, a biscuity, bready sweetness. I like Havana Club Seven because it's it's decidedly rum. It's not like a lot of other rums that are that have that intensity and complexity, where they're kind of more like a bourbon. You're getting all those bourbony flavors. I get no bourbon flavors from this. Um, I get a couple of Scotch-like flavors, like the fruitiness and the sweetness, um, but it still manages to be complex, which I feel like a lot of rums are just overly sweet and and just weak on the on every other yeah. front sweetness. That was that was actually always my issue with rum in general. I never liked it because it was just too sweet for me. And then I started getting into stuff like Florida Canyon, which has more complex flavors, more of that vanilla note comes out. And man, there's a lot of great stuff out there rum wise. And now I'm like almost a yeah. regular rum drinker, which is crazy. I, I never was. I'd say I I drink rum at least one night a week. Um, no, not excluding sharing our pairings. That doesn't include sharing our pairings time. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk about my last pairing, which I'm really excited to try here. Um, actually, before I do that, we're going to take we're going to take one more break. Uh, we'll be right back after a quick message from our sponsor. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today. All right, and we're back. Um, I'm going to talk about my last pairing here, which... um, like I was saying before the break, I'm really excited to try this one. I've taken a couple, I've cheated a little bit, but I'm excited to see how it matches up with the cigar, which reminds me I have to make sure my cigar doesn't go out. You know, we're actually smoking about the same for once. I'm, I'm not yeah, ahead of smoking, you. You're smoking pretty slow, I think. Either that or I'm powering through. Um, you might be powering. I mean, it's possible. Sometimes I do it during the show because I'm talking so much, trying to keep my cigar going, trying to coordinate the drinks, all that. Um, Jose says hello. Hello, Jose. How you doing? Um, so Jose had offered some of the Willet eyes a couple weeks ago, 
Dennis Dennis got me hooked up, Jose. So don't you worry. Drink yours and enjoy it. So what I'm drinking here, this is a very confusing beer, not because of the awesome label. Very um, cool. But because they have two very similar beers, this is Fecken de los Muertos, um, which translates to Fecken of the Dead. Um, So Fecken is a brewery in Oregon City, Oregon. Um, An Irishman moved to Oregon, opened a pub, and started selling homebrewed beer in 2011. Uh, In 2013, he opened a seven-barrel brew house as part of the pub. Um, And and, uh, the beer was always called Fecken, because that's where he's from in Ireland. Um, So him and his son are co-owners. Again, it's based in Oregon City, Oregon. Um, But this is Fecken de los Muertos. They have another beer called Fecken Dia de los Muertos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is very confusing. So the other one is an imperial porter aged in whiskey barrels um, with some house-made horchata and uh, espresso, or uh, sorry, cold brew added. This one is Fecken de los Muertos. It is a version of their top of the Fecken morning Irish porter. Um, I'm trying to get it to focus, but it keeps focusing my face. Um, I love the label on this. It's so cool. Um, so this is, they describe it as an espresso milk horchata porter. Um, and what I've, so I'll actually hold it up one more time. The entire description is in Spanish. So I had to go to Google Translate because my Spanish isn't that good yet. I'm learning, um, but I can't just read a bunch of words like that. But what it does say is that it's flavored with cin- cinnamon, vanilla, uh, and rum barrels. And the way the translation comes through, I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure it's aged in rum barrels or if one of the components is aged in rum barrels. Um, But anyway, it's a milk porter with vanilla, cinnamon, and rum barrel flavor somehow added, whether it's barrel aged or not, uh, with espresso and chocolate. And then, of course, milk solids to make it a milk porter. That's a whole lot of flavor. Yeah, there's a lot going into this. There's a lot going on, yeah. Interestingly, with the other version, with the Dia de los Muertos, they actually make horchata and mix it in. Um, oh, so cool. I, I need to hunt that one down because I'm I'm curious to taste the difference. And at first I thought maybe they're just different descriptions of the same thing. Um, but the other one is 8.5% ABV. This one's only 5.8. Um, the other one's 15 IBUs, where this one's 30 IBUs. So this one's got a little more of that bitter backbone. Um but I think I, I think I need to get them both and do a side-by-side comparison. So why don't you talk about your next pairing while I take a couple sips of this feckin' beer and Damn, uh, dude. see what I think. You're making me look to be uh, like some kind of an alcoholic. I got another 12% beer going on right now. Hey, so, I've had nights like that. I've, I've talked about the Imperial Cream Ale, right? Their regular coffee is a, is a pretty popular release. They do variations, right? So this is one of their most, if not the most popular variation that they release of the same beer, so Imperial Cream Ale, and it's called Cafe Ichuro. That's one I've heard a lot about. Yes, this is the one, if, you, if you're in the beer community, this is the one that a lot of people talk about, and for good reason. It's totally killer. Same kind of deal. The base is coffee. It's an Imperial uh, Cream Ale, coffee base, and then what they do is they add uh, cinnamon and vanilla, and it gives it that sort of like churro kind of sweetness, and I, I, I think they add sugar because it's really sweet. Like they must add lactose or, or something else. I would think so. Um, <clears throat> one of the we we talked about it 
very briefly before, but one of the things that Carton does really well, and I've only had a couple of their beers, but one of the things they do really well is they come up with an insane concept and then execute it and turn it into a good beer. Yeah. So they think of like for uh, for regular coffee, I, I think I've heard he was in a diner or something and he was like, we should just make a beer that tastes like diner coffee. Yep. Um, and then went out and did that. And for Cafe Ichiro, it's what if you had that coffee, but then you also ordered a churro and they yeah. just turn that into a beer. And there's one that's there's one based on like a pastrami sandwich, right? Oh, that was a special release for uh, a beer festival. I think it was like a one time okay. release. And people said it was insane. It was like a rye, uh, rye pastrami sandwich kind of ale. Yeah, it's in, they they come up with insane things. Um, we've had their uh, we had their peach swisher, yes, which is peach swisher. Like, I mean, how do you come up with that? Of all like places. Yeah, <laughs> like I want this beer to taste like a cheap flavored cigar. Um, and it did. And then it did and then you make it taste way. that way, and it's amazing. Um, and it's ju- it's just crazy that they're able to execute on these insane concepts every single time that I've experienced them, at least. They're solid, and I think they're in the top five uh, top five breweries of New Jersey, which I guess mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that says a lot or it says a little bit. A lot of people are kind of on either side of the fence when it comes to New Jersey, but a lot of good stuff comes out of there. So yeah, don't knock it until you try it. The only problem is that it's still New Jersey. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still New Jersey. Um, to be fair, distribution is really mainly in New Jersey. Some of it does go out to New York. I've seen some of it in New York, and I've seen some of it in Pennsylvania, but I think that's about it. And I, I believe they self-distribute as well. Yeah, so that, that makes it sense. a little bit harder. Um, and they're one of those those East Coast breweries that's just like red hot all the time, where yeah. they they can't make enough beer to to distribute anywhere else. Oh, that's funny you say that because they're expanding. They just bought a massive. Oh, really? uh, yeah, they're expanding next door, and where they're located right now is this old. I want to say it's an old tent. Uh, factory like a house converted into like a mill where you no. can where tents were built something crazy right next to the there's a school across the street literally across the street there's a school like elementary school and then on the other side of the building is the uh, courthouse for the area and next to the courthouse they bought a lot and they're building this massive brewery that's like three times maybe four times the size of what they have now so they're going to expand production yeah, and, and that's what you have to do in the beer industry. I mean, that's a yes. pretty common thing in the beer industry is you have a small, like, brew house, tap house, whatever you want to call it, um, a, but a very small production facility where you can only really make enough beer for yourself, um, meaning that you, you don't have enough for every restaurant in town to have your beer on tap. Um, and then you need to be able to make enough money to buy or lease property. Mm-hmm and build out an entire brew house. Um, and a lot of these companies haven't been around long enough that they have the credit where they can just be like, I need to build a million dollar brew house. They have to uh, make it slowly. And and that's something that's happening a lot around here too. And that's where a lot of the uh, the big microbreweries that are here, like uh, that's where Widmer Brothers came from. Yeah. They were kind of the same way where they they had they could only make enough beer for themselves and they were selling out constantly and then you expand and now you can make enough for everybody um but you need all that capital to invest in that which is uh that's that's actually of- an interesting point and i've i've been meaning to ask you so in your side of town on the west coast 
do you see a lot of uh, gypsy brewers breweries coming up? We don't have a lot out here. There's a couple, okay. but there's really not many. I mean, mostly um, traditional then, yeah. Yeah, it's mostly traditional. There are we see a lot of co- collaborations now, okay. um, which is I mean that's just kind of uh, the style of the times kind of thing. Uh, where everybody wants to do collaborations because you're get, you're getting two names on one can, um, so twice as many people will want it, basically. Yeah. Um, Welcome to Stillwater. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, it, their stuff is great. I'm not knocking on Stillwater. Their stuff is phenomenal. No. Um. And there are a couple. So, uh, Fort George. I know I've had them on the show over and over again. I absolutely adore their beer. Um. They have like three or four collaborations a year that are that are regular releases that come out every year um and then and then they do a couple more that are that are canned or bottled by somebody else um, because those are just the ones that they're brewing and they pick different breweries to collaborate with every year it's huge um but the interesting thing about that is it's a lot like a cigar collaboration you're kind of uh combining the vision of two different palettes uh, which is always interesting. Or with with Fort George, they've um, one of the regular releases is they partner with two, um, so it's a it's a trilaboration. Um, which is always exciting. I'm trying to remember the word. As as Caldwell would say, or Boo. Yes. It's menagical. It is absolutely yeah. It's a it's a great point. Um. So back to the beer. Um. I'm drinking this. Uh, I know we've we've had at least a couple people just join us. Harley Holmes just joined and is a little bit sad that he missed the beginning. I'm drinking the Fecund de los Muertos here. It is, as far as I can find, it's cinnamon, vanilla, coffee, chocolate, um, and milk solids added to a porter and uh, kind of meant to mimic horchata and then aged in rum barrels. Um, it doesn't have a ton of sweetness. You definitely get like the cinnamon, the vanilla and that bitterness of the chocolate and the coffee together and the hops, of course. But what I find is that we were just saying moments ago how there's n- almost no sweetness to be found in the cigar. It brings out a ton of sweetness. Interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. Like the cigar is so much sweeter than it was before. Um, and it, it mutes those spices a little bit. Um, so there's still a lot of, a lot of black pepper on the retro hail, but I'm not getting as much black pepper on the palate. Um, oh, and by, by the way, Jose says that, Carton is definitely top five in his opinion. Yeah, they, they make some cool stuff. Talking about the cigar, you know, this entire time I've been really trying to pick out the flavors. And this is the first cigar that I've had ever that I just I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is. There's something going on that's just a little bit different than what you would normally expect. Even yeah. you know, if you know the blend, if you know what goes into it, if you know what the wrapper is and the binder, all that stuff, you can kind of figure out what the flavors are. Even with that. I can't quite put my finger on what's going on in the cigar, and it's not a bad thing. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's, um, I feel like this is the kind of complexity of a cigar that you could just kind of focus that needs to be focused on. Yes, this um, is a sit down focused cigar. Yeah, you need to focus on it. You need to let those flavors unfold on your palate, and you need to concentrate to figure out what where the flavors are coming from. And I think I talked about it last week. Um, I started watching this whiskey show on YouTube and they talked about how your left brain is the part of your brain that figures out what the flavors are, but your, but your left brain can't identify the flavors with, uh, with words basically. 
it basically gives you like fleeting images of what you're tasting and then it's up to your right brain to try to figure out what those fleeting images are which is just a to me that's a really interesting way to think of uh tasting whiskey or cigars or beer or rum or whatever you're drinking or smoking um and i i kind of feel that way where you like you you can take a draw off this and you taste that flavor and you're going that tastes familiar you have a memory that matches up to that but you can't place where it is you know i'm i'm getting this like really intense cocoa mm-hmm. like really dry absolutely pure like over 90 percent type kind of cocoa like really yeah like just powdered solid. cocoa yeah exactly like hot chocolate mix that doesn't come with any sugar mixed in yeah 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 very yeah. interesting yeah this is um this this cigar is a lot more complex than i remembered it and the I'm also noticing that the the hops and the coffee and the chocolate, the bitterness is bringing out some like uh, bitter leathery notes in the cigar. Mm, okay. Yeah, I find mine is pairing really well with the the, the coffee imperial uh, ales. Yeah, I was about to ask how, how that coffee and churro is. The coffee is awesome. I think the sweetness from this particular beer compared to the first one, which was the the, the German varietal, the German cake one. Uh, this one is a lot nicer. It fits really well with the cigar and balances out some of the bitter flavors. Man, just smelling this beer on the nose, there's so much vanilla. And I'm I'm accidentally drinking with my pinky up, I just noticed. <laughs> I noticed that. It's very fancy of you. I'm a, I'm a very fancy man. Um yeah, this is uh this is an interesting beer. I I really need to pick up the other one cuz uh from the beers that I've had from Feck and I really like them. Um and of course, with with only seven barrels worth of capacity, um, unfortunately, many of our listeners aren't going to be able to find them. But it's still, I, f- I find it interesting just tasting the different flavors. I mean, uh, even if you can't get this particular beer, I'm sure there's some some beer that's similar to it. Um, and just hearing other people describe the flavors to me is uh, interesting and helps me. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it expands your palate a little bit. So I'm sure not, none of the viewers have asked, but I'm going to have to ask you this question. Would you say that the beer is feckin' delicious? Oh, it's feckin' delicious, yeah. Yeah? Awesome. Yeah. Um, it, is, is that a Jurassic <laughs> Park shirt? Oh, you noticed. Yeah, it is. It is actually, yeah. My, um, yeah, yeah, my awesome girlfriend that. surprised me with this shirt last night. She was like, hey, I got you something, and it was the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> for anybody listening on the podcast, it's it's, I mean, it's a button-up shirt, like a single pocket button-up shirt. One of those, uh, I don't, I don't know if there's a name for it, um, but a button-up shirt with a single pocket. Um, I've always called them nerd shirts, but nerd shirt. Uh, yeah, I'm, hey, I'm proud. I mean, I, yeah, I wear them. I'm not calling people who wear them nerds. They just that's what they remind me of. Um, and the only pattern on it is the Jurassic Park logo <laughs> repeated just a thousand all over. Times. Yeah, just everywhere. Um, like it looks like it should be a paisley pattern, but they did a find and replace. With yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> it's very weird, um, but I love it. So, I mean, I just can't say enough about this cigar. It's it's way better than I remember it. I yeah. I uh, who was it? Cigar Journal, I think, gave it number one this year. Or oh really? Last year, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Um, I can see that. Absolutely. I kind of see that now. Um, I feel like we missed out not putting it on our list at all in 2016 it's a solid offering from my father and you know what for me personally oh, excuse me it's a very gassy beer 
I'm a huge fan of my father. Every cigar is always just a little bit different where it's interesting. Um, and this one I haven't had a chance to try until this is my first one. And I love my father and even more reason to love it is this cigar. And it's approachable. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you talk to people about cigars, that's always the biggest thing. Can you approach it as a Connecticut guy or a, you know, super dark guy, whatever you're into, just as a cigar smoker, you can pick it up. It's affordable, definitely not expensive. Um, I mean, it's a little expensive. Well, it's like 11 or 12 bucks. I mean, I don't know. I it, I guess it depends on where you're at. But yeah, let's say 11, 12 bucks, you know, um, it's worth it. It's complete. It's one of those cigars where like, man, the money was so well worth it. I want to go and get another one without even thinking yeah. about it. I would like, happily uh, get another I'm I'm actually like right now thinking about like tomorrow I should work from the cigar lounge and just buy a couple of these and smoke them. That sounds and like I can good. I can see this cigar smoking really beautifully with a year on it. You know, you get a box, yeah. you let them sit for a while, or a couple of sticks, whatever whatever you know your budget is. Get a couple of sticks, throw them in the humidor, let them sit for a while, forget about them, and then pick it up. You'll be excited. I, I yeah, I feel like this cigar would age really well. Um, but one thing, wh- I do have one, uh, one thing about the, uh, approachability that second third is very spicy. If you're a guy that doesn't like spice, this is not the cigar for you. Um, it, it might be the, the two 12% beers. That's why. So I'm like, maybe, maybe you forgot about that second third. I'm uh, feeling pretty good. The spice not bothering me, <laughs> but well, it's not bothering me anymore. I feel like it, uh. It kind of does the opposite of what my father usually does. Their signature has always been uh, start with a huge blast of black pepper. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then slowly dial it back. And then in the final third, slowly dial it back up. That's always been their blending style. And that's kind of become the blending style of Nicaragua um, for, for most companies, not for everybody. Um, and I feel like this cigar does the opposite of that. It starts off spicy, but not as spicy as you would expect uh, for a My Father, like, spice bomb. And then in the second third, it surprises you by ramping that spice way up and then slowly tapering it off going into the final third. You know what? I have to say, James Bond. This cigar is the James Bond of cigars. You know why? It's classy. It's smooth. But then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, it's in your face. It just pops. Right. The James Bond of cigars. I like that. James Bond um, of cigars. It must be. Yeah, maybe. I, and the I, bands, I, man. You know, we talked about the bands at the beginning of the show. They're gorgeous, but also the, the you know, the paper, like taking it off, taking the band off, it yeah, just feels good, right? That's one it's thing a, about it's my a quality, They've got quality. that, like, that weighty paper. It's, yes. It's like they don't use that cheap stuff. And it's got they a put a lot of thought into it. And it's one of those things that, that people overlook, I guess. You know, as cigar smokers, most guys I've seen kind of rip off the band and throw it away before they even start lighting the cigar. And it's a nice little touch. I save mine. And uh, I do as well. Yeah. Well, so I'm going to reveal something right now. This is after, I think, maybe about two years worth um, saving about probably 85, 90 percent of my bands. I've got this paint can full. It's like it's almost all the way full here. Um, And you can. I kind of like looking at it because I can remember like right here. That was the uh, the six by or no the seven by six by seventy that I smoked uh, on sharing our pairings with uh, with Barry when we did the Asylum show. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, this is it's just interesting to me that this is like two years of memories piled up in as paper. 
It's kind of cool. I, I saved mine as well, and I've been saving for a, like some kind of an art project. I'm, I used to make uh, coasters with my bands, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted I, I want to do a mosaic of uh, I, Pulp Fiction actually. Honestly, I've been saving my bands for about. I mean, I've I've got bands that are over ten years old, and I've never done a single thing with the man. <laughs> oh, you will. You'll get there. <laughs> Someday I'll find something to do. Uh, but at this point, I haven't figured out anything that is interesting enough for me to do with them. So I'm just still saving them. Um, and eventually I'll, I'll, the thing that I always do, like when it needs to happen soon, because this little paint can is almost full. Um, I've never seen a clear paint can. That's really weird. It, my wife got it from like the craft store. It was a thing that oh, was okay, just okay, in the okay. garage. And it was like, oh, I'm going to use this. Because um, she wasn't using it anymore. Um but what I do is I eventually I'll flatten them out and uh, like kind of uh, once they're all flat, I can just stick them in a bag and it's a lot easier to store. Cause I mean, this is mostly air. Yeah. Oh, and Chico Ray forgot about the show and missed it. Poor oh, Chico. No. Sorry, Chico. Um, uh, you'll be able to watch it, the replay on Facebook um, in, I don't know, about 20 minutes or so when we're done with the show. Um once it finishes processing and then uh it should be on youtube i'm trying to get better at editing and getting them on youtube the problem is it takes uh i mean this this is kind of a uh apology for our youtube and podcast listeners the problem is that uh it takes about four hours of of man hours to edit and upload them um and i'm i'm just running behind i'm sorry guys um, so if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on the podcast, uh, it's probably about a week late uh, at the most. And I'm gonna I'm gonna call out Hector. Hector Alfonso is watching. Hector Alfonso is going to be here on Cigar Chat tomorrow night uh, for us to talk about the. Uh, they had a good year as far as the awards go, man. Lazona, oh yeah, did very well. Um, which they do every year because they make a lot of really good cigars. Um, and I think Cigar Coop, it was, gave them the small factory of the year third time in a row, which is crazy. Um, and, uh, of course, a couple of their cigars were on our list. Um, he was trying to be incognito. He missed it. Sorry, dude. Um, I'm promoting your show for tomorrow. So he's going to be on the show tomorrow uh, on Cigar Chat. Come ask your questions. Uh, anything you've ever wanted to know about Lazona, Hector may or may not be able to tell us, depending on how secretive ask, he is. Ask all the questions. You have to. Lazona is one of those places. Really cool. Uh, we were there. We've how, been there twice. That? Yeah, twice. And uh, was it last year? The year before? Uh, I can't remember yeah. now. We were there in 2016 and 2017. We didn't go there in 2016. 2016. Okay. And, dude, Lazona is a cool place. It is a small, small, small factory. And... Man, they put out some great stuff. It's, it's incredible. It's a really interesting factory because they are um it's it's small, but it's also like it feels super historic. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's really nice building. They've got this really nice patio that we go up and smoke on, um, which is nice. And and Hector, no, Eric wasn't there. Both of the times we were there. Uh, our tour was given in Spanish and translated for us <laughs> because we, it was like a last minute thing where it was like, Hey, we're all on safari. Can we come see the factory? Um, and it, it just worked out both times that somebody was there. Um, but anyway, Hector's going to be on sharing or on uh, cigar chat tomorrow. 
And then next week, we're going to have them on sharing our pairings. We're going to be smoking the uh, the new version of the Murcielago, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I think that's that's one of the standouts from the show that um, didn't make it onto our list, not necessarily because it wasn't good, but just because I didn't smoke enough of them. Um, I smoked it at the show, so I didn't really get a great idea of it. Um, but anyway, um, tune in tomorrow night to see Hector. And we're going to take our last break here, our last break isn't a real break but it is sponsored by none other than drew estate we were just talking about we were on cigar safari um depending on if you have connections you might be able to weasel your way into somebody else's factory once um but uh smoke drew estate cigars i i just i've been seeing all over the internet the uh the new tins are coming out amazing um very cool the underground ones have been out for a couple months now and the Liga Pravada ones just started hitting shelves within like the last week. Um, and I mean, 10 Liga Pravadas for 20 bucks, you can't really beat that. Even if they only last 20 minutes, still, you're getting that. It's so worth it. They're, they're great kinetic. cigars. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to have some in my humidor. All right, so I'm going to go back through my pairings a little bit. So the Waggle, for anybody who doesn't remember, the Waggle is the Nectar Creek Session Mead. Um, flavored with wild wildflowers um and i'm just coming to the realization they're not flavoring the mead they're using honey from different sources and then um fermenting that honey into this juice the problem is it's just too light like it works as a palate cleanser but that's that's about all it can do to stand up to a cigar um then the havana club number seven seven years aged um this one goes really well with the cigar. It really brings out that spicy character. Um, I'm going to let Dennis talk about his first pairing while I take another sip of this. Um, Cause I want to see how that third, the final third stacks up. The Havana club, man, that's, that's really good stuff. Even the seven year it's, it's a solid rum. Yeah. I was saying actually, uh, this was again, while you were um, off in the ether with your, in the, in the matrix. Yeah. While you were stuck in the matrix. Um, it was inside the main mainframe. That's what it was. I was saying how the three-year, I really only recommend as a mixer. I mean, I can't recommend anything more than a Cuba Libre. Like, yeah. if it's less than half Coca-Cola, I don't think the three-year is worth spending money on. Yeah. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a terrible rum, but it's a terrible sipping rum. It's just too sweet. Uh, there's no complexity. The seven is the entry level for their sipping rum, in my opinion. But... At like a $17 entry level, that's pretty reasonable. Uh, I mean, the the most I've ever paid for a bottle of seven is, I think, $25 at, in, uh, I think that was in the UK. And it's it's just a solid sipping whiskey, or sipping rum, rather. Um, I want to say, I, I think I paid like 10 bucks or 11 bucks for the seven in Cuba. Yeah, sounds about right. In, in, uh-huh. I mean, in Cuba, it's cheaper, yeah. When I got it in um, the last couple of years that we went on safari, I picked some up in Mexico on my layover um, because it's a layover where you have to leave security, but then you get to go to the duty-free shop and then leave or then go back through security. Um, so you're allowed to get uh, you know, stuff from the duty-free shop. I think it was somewhere between 15 and 17, and I paid 10 bucks for the, uh, uh, the three-year, which, like I said, isn't that great. And and Hector says it's twenty five dollars or thereabouts in Managua now, and it's gone oh, up wow. about twelve dollars in the last two years. Um, and That's I would crazy. I would attribute that to Americans being allowed to buy it now. Um, 
I mean, two years ago, if you bought it, coming back, it you may be okay, but they may notice it and say no. Um, but now you're legally allowed to bring it back. Um, so I think that's why. And he says the blue is almost impossible to find. I agree. Every time I leave the country, I try to find selection of maestros. It seems like the only place you can get it is either Cuba. in a country, which <laughs> in a country means like if you're in the UK, if you're in Canada, uh, somewhere like that, that it's legal. You might be able to find it at a liquor store, but then you're going to be paying their taxed price anyway. Um, but Dennis is able to find it in Cuba. And the only way I've gotten any is uh, a couple samples through John um, when he got it from Cuba. Um, it so. was like 35, maybe 40 bucks at most. I actually, I have a, the bottle is, is still right here. I got the, <laughs> it's good stuff. It's re, it really is good stuff. I, I, unfortunately, you have to go to Cuba. I'm sorry. Just, you know, yeah. get a plane ticket. Yeah. Make it happen. Um, but yeah, we, we started talking about it and I forgot to actually think about it while I was taking a sip. My main curiosity is whether it brings out more spice in the cigar like it did before. Not really. There's a little no. bit. There's still spice, but it's not. It's not amping it up like it did before. Oh, there it is. It just did on the kind of on the retro hail on the back of the throat. I do. It does bring out more pepper. Um, uh, and a thing that I really like about it is the cigar makes the rum taste a little less sweet than it normally tastes. Because uh, even though it's not a super sweet rum, it's still got a lot of sweetness because it's made from sugar. Uh, and the cigar kind of dials back that sweetness a little bit. Before I get in, I talk about my last pairing again in closing. Chico Ray says he wants to get some Papa Frida's tins for his upcoming wedding for his, for his groomsmen. He mentioned his groomsmen previously, so maybe. Um but he wants to get some Papa's Frida's tins and wants to know if we have any pointers on how to get them. Off the top of my head, I don't know of anybody who still has them. The problem is, like, I, I bit, have... maybe. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So I have a couple tins. I think I have two tins that I got from Cigar Bid. Um, so now I I just buy Papa's Frida's from the boxes, like five packs or what, ten packs, whatever, um, and then just fill up those same two tins whenever I am running low. But, uh, so cigar bit is one place to check basically any place you can get a four pack or an eight pack instead of a five pack or a 10 pack might still have tins. Um, the problem is the tins were discontinued in 2016, yeah. I think, uh, it might've been 2015. I think it was 2016 when they converted to the 50 count box, uh, which made the cigar like a dollar cheaper, which was awesome. But everybody loves those tins. They're awesome. Um, yeah, sorry, Chico. I don't I don't know of anywhere, but I'm sure somebody still has them in stock. Um, at least that would help. So for your sake, um, I'll let you know if I if I had noticed them anywhere. All right. So I've been going back over my pairings, but you haven't been going back over yours, Dennis. So why don't you go over your pairings a little bit? I I keep thinking about them. You know, my I have to say the the Hellas Lager that was my palate cleanser, and it's good. And I'm gonna kind of leave it for last only because it really didn't. It, it really didn't add anything to the experience. It was just a really nice in-between. The real question is, which of the two coffee imperial cream ales was best? And I have to say, I'm, I'm really leaning toward the churro. The sweetness balances out the spice in the cigar in the last third. And, you know, I feel like it was a good, it, it was a good um, combination, you know, going with the, the German one, which was... You still get a lot of the coffee, but it's not as intense, and it, it went really well with the first third. And then the mm -hmm. final third closing out with the churro was really awesome. The sweetness 
balanced out the flavors and really brought out a lot of the, 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 the really oaky kind of cocoa flavor of the cigar. Yeah. Um, I, I really agree with the churro because even though I don't have that beer, the beer that I'm drinking does have oh, cinnamon but you in will. it. Give and it a I feel like days. that cinnamon note goes really well with it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's the, the cinnamon, cinnamon brings out a lot in the cigar. It, it's a weird thing. You know, cinnamon is a palate cleanser in one way, but it also helps liven up some of the flavors that are a little bit more subtle. It helps bring them to the front. Um, I feel like it, it it brings out a little bit more sweetness, which is is very subtle in this cigar. Um, and it also brings out a little bit more of the uh, that kind of oaky wood you were talking about before. I don't know if it's the German beer, but I have to say the cigar is kind of like it's got this um, – Almost like a marzipan cream to it, if that makes any sense. I would actually, um, I was just gonna say that in the just in like the last half of the final third. Yeah, I'm about left. I'm about the same way. Um, there's definitely a little cream in there for sure. It's been smoking great. It tastes great and it smells really good. Like I'm yeah. gonna go back to this room in an hour when I'm done and I'm gonna come back and just smell the air. It's gonna smell so good. Yeah, I think the room note on this is really good, and um, I'm not sure if it's the beer or the Havana Club, but I am I am getting more spice than I was a couple minutes ago. Um, th- this cigar is an, a really interesting spice progression. I'm like, I feel like the spice just kind of comes and goes. Um, I definitely need to uh, smoke one of these soon on a fresh palate, on a clean palate with just water, and kind of see where the progression goes. And before we close out for the night, do you have any closing comments? Dennis, about your pairing? If you haven't had this cigar, get the cigar. About my pairings, I have to say, the the churro beer, if you can get it, get your hands on it, drink it, enjoy it. It's an awesome beer, and it'll go with pretty much any cigar for the most part, at least in my wheelhouse, which is the stronger stuff. But give it a try. See what you think. Um, And I I feel like this cigar could go with a variety of pairings. Um, Anything that's kind of on the bolder side, uh, bourbons, some some of the uh, like the peatier kind of more intense scotches, oh, yeah. and the uh, something like a like I'm having a porter tonight, barrel aged flavored. Um, but I feel like pretty much any imperial stout could go well with this. And Chico Ray, before we close out, I will answer your final question, which is the name of the cigar. This is I was looking for the band, but I realized I actually tossed it in my little barrel my little paint can already uh this is the my father the judge um it's a very intimidating name for a cigar you're holding it upside down dennis oh. <laughs> um it's the my father yeah. the judge nice. i really like the touch of the mf on there uh oh, that's upside, upside down. down again um Damn. like the I'm little mf so on the judge label uh i feel like is just a nice touch because it makes you wonder if that stands for my father or if it's talking about how Something intense else. Is. Oh, yeah. Because this, this cigar is a lot more intense than I remembered it. Uh, I feel like the last time I had it, maybe it was super overhumidified or just too fresh. Um, but it's it's got so much more intensity and complexity this time. So go please try the My Father the Judge. Uh, not many people are going to be disappointed with, with this cigar. Um, unless they have an experience like the last one I had, which was just... I, I just remember it being a little flat and not being this intense. Um but thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, everybody on the Armed Forces Radio Network for listening. Uh, thank you to all of our live viewers who uh, who commented. Uh, anybody watching on YouTube, uh, give us a like, give us a subscribe, leave us a comment. Uh, we really appreciate you guys watching. 
And of course, to everybody on the Armed Forces Radio Network, we appreciate you guys out there doing things that we are not built to do, protecting our freedoms. Uh, and remember, at Sharing Our Parents, we want you to drink better, but we also kind of want you to drink less. <laughs>